uh, water trough up here. But this is Baptism Sunday. We didn't have anybody sign up for this Sunday. We did a couple last, I think a couple weeks ago, we did a couple and someone else. But I want to encourage you, if it is on your heart, whether it's after the altar call or whether it's right now, it's like, you know what, Eric, I, I, I haven't made the next step into water baptism. I will stop my sermon mid-track if you want to get baptized this morning. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity this morning to do so. But without further ado, we're going to continue on with Trigger. Did you guys enjoy last Sunday with uh, Pastor Jim in the house? Man, I heard he did an amazing, amazing job. I promise you I will get you out of here in at least two hours or so. I'm totally joking for you guys. Totally joking. I'll work on my jokes. But anyway, we're going to start talking about triggered. See, the funny thing about triggers is they either you either get a response of faith or you get a response of fear. I want everybody to say faith this morning. I want everybody to say fear this morning. But here's the thing. We're all confronted with something that sometimes seems bigger than ourselves. And I'm super excited to bring a message that I believe God has given me to share with the Caldwell campus, and it's this. I want to talk about one thing and one thing alone, and that is your butt. I want everybody to say butt this morning. I want to look, to look at your neighbor and say, you got a butt. And I'm not talking about the anatomy, weirdos. I'm talking about... The butts in your life, the situations, the things you carry with you, the things that maybe other people don't see. And we hide these things at times. But see, some of the triggers that we, something that we do is based on our past, our hurt, our pain, our ideologies, our theologies, our beliefs. They all stem from something. Usually when people react or respond in outrage, it's never because of what just actually happened. It's about the, you know what I'm talking about, the hand that's sticking out of the, out of, out of the grave with, with still the shovel and the hammer that you you thought you buried, but it's still back. There are things you haven't dealt with that rise up this morning. But I love talking about this because we all have triggers in life. Some we recognize and some we don't want to. We love to hide our butts, don't we? Come on. We love to hide those things because we, we really don't want them in the light. We don't want other people to say, oh, they're going to judge me. They're going to think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Man, they have this great view of me right now. But now when, when they know this but, when they know this one thing, they won't be my friend. They won't like me. They won't invite me to this. They won't do this with me. We, we all struggle with this. But if I could say this, I believe God's heart through this message that he's given to me, specifically for this campus, is for us to deal with our triggers head on. And then at the end of service this morning, I'm going to pray for all of us that are willing to get off our butts. I'm going to play on that word all morning, let me tell you. But to be healed. I believe that God wants to heal people. I'm not just talking about physical healing. Yeah, we can make that. We, we can allow God for that to happen as well. But I believe this morning he wanted to be intentional for some forgiveness, for some butts in our life, for some things that people have labeled us, some things that the world has, has told about us that were simply not true, but we've taken ownership of those things this morning. I want to draw your attention to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. The, the Bible says this. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man. Everybody say great man. In the sight of his master and highly regarded because through, say through, him the Lord had given him victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity really to preach your word. Lord, even though there's spotlights on me this morning, let it fail in comparison to the spotlight on you. 
God, where people will be drawn to you and your truth. Not one person came in here to really see me or hear me speak. They came in to hear your truth and experience your love, your grace, your mercy, your power, your anointing, and everything that comes from you and you alone. Would you move powerfully through the service in Jesus' mighty name? And everyone said, amen. So I want us to highlight, really has nothing to do with my message, but I got the microphone, so I want to say this. I find it interesting that if you go through the scripture and you see the words, through him, what I love about it is it didn't say him, about him. See, what, what, what I believe he's, the message is trying to come across to us today is that it's never about us. It's never because of our abilities, our talents, because quite frankly, our talents and abilities could be used for either one. It could be used to glorify God or it could be used not to glorify God. But everything that God wants to do, he wants to do it through his people. That's why we're here this morning. He wants to use people. But can I tell you, there are times in our life that we try to do it for God. Oh, if I could just do this. Oh, if I could just do that. But instead of, instead of that, God wants to use us to work through us. He's not saying, I've given you those talents and abilities, the dreams, the visions, all those things. But I just want to use obedient and willing people that are willing to apply my word to their life and do it outside of the church as well. Can I get an amen this morning? But you've got to understand something. During this time in Syria, leprosy was pretty common. Skin disease, incurable skin disease, it's actually pretty common. It was so common, in fact, that you could have leprosy and be a functioning member of society. He, he was a commander of an army. Obviously, he was able to function in society and do what the king needed him to do. And we could all expect problems to come, can't we, in life. No matter how many times you pray, no matter how many times you read, no matter how many scriptures you memorize, sometimes... Life happens. Sometimes situation comes. Sometimes the, the family goes crazy. That, that second uncle that you didn't even realize you had, he's cray-cray, and he comes to your family gathering, right? Sometimes problems come. But who actually wants to be sick? Show of hands. Who, who actually likes being sick? I don't. I could tell you I don't. I could tell you I'm probably the most miserable sick person you'll ever come across. And my wife can attest to this. I have a cold. She calls it a man cold. It's a, it's a legit cold. I get this cold, and you would swear I was dying of the bubonic plague because of how my body is reacting. Honey, I need crackers. I'm dying. I can barely see. Get off the couch, fool. I'm doing laundry. Suck it up, buttercup. But none of us want to be sick. I sure don't. But look at how they describe Naaman. In, in Eric's terms, he was the bomb.com. He was it, the commander. Whoa, man, this guy is legit. But, oh, then you get that but. Oh, you're a great communicator, but your listening skills are terrible. You, you, you're good with people, but not with your family and your spouse. We all have buts. I want, to, I want everybody to say but. We're good at talking, but we don't want to listen. We've got these butts. We've got these things. I, I feel like at times, it's so interesting when I meet people now. I never tell people I'm a pastor off the get-go because I feel like the walls, you could just see them come right up. But it's interesting when they find out, somehow they find out I'm a pastor. I don't know. Like, I'm not on Google, none of that, so I really don't know. But they find out, and then I know it. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm not going to get the truest version of this person. I already know off the get-go. All of a sudden, they're proper. 
oh, pastor. Like they're speaking in Hebrew and Greek now. Like all, all these things. I'm like, man, I know that's not you. So I don't, I, I actually don't lean on my first impressions anymore. Like I, I used to say, man, I got discernment. Mm-mm. No, I was getting a vibe. Good or bad probably wasn't from God. So instead what I do is I ask other people for references. We do this with jobs. We ask for references, don't we? And I don't want people that just kind of like, kind of like know them. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no, I want someone that really knows them, that, somebody that's been through the fire with them, somebody that's seen them in really tough, you know, situations. And then you ask that wonderful question. So I've been thinking about adding this person to my team. I've been thinking about like really just getting to know this person. Tell me, what do you think of this person? And then I wait for it because I like watching body language because body tells almost everything I need to know. And then you can see them like, oh, this is the pastor. So you, you can see in their eyes like this reel of everything going through their mind. Okay, what's appropriate? Oh, that's not appropriate. I can't share that. Uh, and then you get to that moment when they say, he, he's great. Like you get the inflection. Like you, you listen for the inflection in the voice. You're like, oh, man, I know you're lying through your teeth, boy. He, he, he's great. And then you wait for it. But, see, we all have buts in life. We're all good. We're all talented. We all have these things that we want to showcase. Of course I want to showcase. I like to talk. This is God's got a sense of humor. I like to talk. But God's working on my, my, he's working on my sense of humor too, but he's working on my, my listening abilities. See, we always want to showcase the best of us. But God wants to expose and get to the root of some of the things that we don't want to expose in our life. Because not just, just expose to put you out there, but he wants healing to come in your life. He wants you to be set free of that this morning. But that inflection of the voice, I can only imagine them talking about the, 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 the commander, Naaman. He's great! But, see... This is an interesting strategy. We give the devil credit. The devil doesn't deserve any credit for this. This is human nature. Human nature is to cover our butts. No matter what, cover it. Cover your butt. Because you want anybody to see it. I don't need to see it. That must be a joke. We're going to work on that. But can I tell you that we, we cover these things in like... Naaman covered it with armor because you couldn't see because on the battlefield. But you know what we cover it with? We cover it with a big smile. How you doing? How how was your week? Praise God. That's not even an answer. Like what does that even mean? I don't even understand that. And, and we're not really true because especially with, like as a pastor. Once they find out your pastor, like, how was your week? Dude, blessed and highly favored. Lost my house. Lost my dog. Lost my wife. Like like it's a bad country song, but yet. Praise God, I'm doing really good. Like, why don't you just be honest with me? Life stinks right now, man. Could you pray for me? See how, see how freeing that is? See, we just kind of get it out there and you air it out. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to expose these things. Good works ain't going to do it. See, no one saw Naaman's butt, his skin condition, because he was covered in armor on the battlefield. How many times do we do that? We come in, oh, church, the church people, I'm going to have my armor on. You ain't going to see my butt. Mm-mm. But God wants to expose that so that there's some healing. So we, we all use something to cover these spots in our life. But can I tell you something? When you have a true encounter with God, he will always, always expose those butts in your life. 
Every single time. That's where freedom comes. That's where healing comes. That's from deliverance comes. That's where working all those mommy and daddy issues that you said you never had. And you realize that, oh, wow, the hatchet's still up out of the ground. I thought I buried that sucker a long time ago. Exposure. I want everybody to say exposure. Draw your attention to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 2 through 3. And the Bible says this. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, mistress, if only my master could see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. See, there was no war, particularly at this moment in time. But can I tell you, it was tense and there sure was not peace. They were enemies. But she was telling him if he would just go to basically his enemy. But get this. She was a servant to the wife. She was held captive under, against her will, but yet she had the boldness and had the faith to stand and say, you know what, I'm going to give you some advice. I see the exposure. I see you for who you really are. I see the butt in your life, but can I tell you, there's a, there's a God that's greater. There's a God that can heal that if you would just listen to me and go this morning. A lot of times we don't want to listen to the ones that seem beneath us. Faith of a child Faith should never be dictated based off of your circumstances and situations. That's not faith. I don't know what the word is for that, but it's wish-wash. Blows like the tumbleweed. Blows like the wind. Here today, gone tomorrow. But this girl was like, man, my circumstance. She didn't say, praise God, it's good. She understood where she was at, but it did not dictate her faith. She didn't know what the result was. She didn't know if Naaman was going to blow her off or the wife was going to say. She had no idea, but she knew that my God is greater, and I'm going to show you. (laughs) But see, you've got to understand something. God's blessings does not come from you understanding it. God's blessings do not come just because you have read it. God's blessings comes because you obey it, you apply it, and you act upon it. She knew the word. She knew the promises. She knew the character of God. But she, if she didn't apply it and actually obey and open her mouth and actually say something, nothing, nothing would have changed. This is why I believe in my heart that you can hear years and years and years and years of sermons, great worship, and 13 years later, be the same person you were back then. Because nothing's changed because you're not applying it to your life. We've got to apply it to our lives. If you're not taking notes right now, I'm judging you. I'm totally joking. But it's one thing to write it down on a piece of paper. But it's another thing to let it come out at you and be alive. And say, you know what? I don't like this truth. There's a lot of truth in the Bible I don't like because they're convicting. They don't make me all feel good. But I tell you what, there's so much freedom and joy when it comes to when I actually apply it to my life. It's crazy. It's crazy. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 4, Naaman went to his master. He went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. Naaman, he was a great man, brave and probably a little bit crazy. But here's the thing. There was a sense of humility there. He literally went to the king and he exposed himself. He was this great commander, but yet he exposed himself. Not only did he expose the butt in his life, but he actually said, hey, you know that, that, that girl I just took captive, the enemy? I'm, I'm kind of contemplating, like, actually listening to what she has to say. What do you say? That's some boldness to be able to do that. 
But we need to expose, what this is teaching us is we need to expose our butt. We need to expose our issue to get healed. You cannot heal what you, what you conceal. Sounds like a, a Disney movie, but I think it's from Frozen. But we, you got to let it go. We'll go there. Well, I'm in a Disney theme. But you have to be able to let God expose it so that healing can come to that. If there's no other way, I'm sorry. If you don't like it, you know, blame God. I don't know. But it is what it is. But the girl told him not to just go, but she said, you need to go to the enemy. The king of the enemy. Crazy. At what lengths will you go if God speaks to you and says, I'll heal you? It seems crazy. It seems out of whack. There ain't no way. For a miracle... But are you willing to obey God even if he speaks through someone that seems less than you, insignificant? He was speaking through a child. I tell you what, there's a lot of wisdom I can glean off my child. One of them is just pray when I get all crazy. She's just one of those like, Dad, will you stop? Will you just pray? Let me just go down this rabbit hole just like a couple more feet and then I'll pray. But she's saying you can avoid all that if you just pray. The wisdom, the faith of a child but are you willing to obey God and listen, even if he speaks through someone smaller than you? Maybe he's going to speak through someone that seems completely not obvious to you. Maybe, just maybe, he's going to speak through someone you don't even like. Oh, oh, I, I love people to life. But when they park on my lawn and cut me off on the highway, that's a challenge. Loving people and listening. See, men will listen to me preach. Like, yeah, pastor, good word. But you don't listen to your wives who know you better than I do. Mm, I thought I was going to get more amens from the women in the house. but Then you got kids and young adults are like, preach it, preach it. But you're not listening to your parents, who, by the way, are paying for your school and your braces. I'm not paying for that. Who you listen to can dictate the outcome of your life. Come on, somebody. We have a spot in our life. When we have this spot in our life that is consuming you, when it is exposed, and, when, and only when it is exposed by an experience, we have a decision to make. I want everybody to say experience this morning. We all have experiences, both good and bad in life. But at this point, we have a decision. You ever notice when you get in an argument, marriage has taught me so many things about communication in life. That no matter how hard sometimes you seem to try, the past hurt, the past whatever, always somehow inter, inter, intersects with, with the, the, what I'm talking about right now, the current. It's like, man, why is that stuff even coming up? That was like 10 years ago. Because our past experiences will find way, things that we haven't dealt with, that we haven't been healed and delivered from in our past, will find their way, will creep their way into our current situation, and it will blind us to the thing that's what's right before us. And it also determine whether you're healed or not. I want you to draw your attention to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 5. It says, this is the king speaking, by all means go. The king of Aram replied, of course he said go. You go to the enemy. I ain't going there. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Real brave. So Naaman left, taking with him, I want you to just visualize this while I say this. Ten talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. For me, be like latte and hair product. But anyway, it, it continues on and says, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read this. With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may 
cure him of leprosy. See, the communication was do communication. Oh, my goodness. There's, you got to get communication down, listening and, and speaking. But communication was broken down from the get-go. Never once did this girl say to go to the king to be healed. I just read through that scripture. It says, I, you need to go to the prophet, who, by the way, might not be the obvious choice. And the obvious choice to them, obviously, at this point, was go to the top, go to the king, go to the priest, go to the pastor, go to the leader, go to the whatever. But sometimes, actually a lot of the times, it's not always the obvious choice. It's not always the obvious choice. But oftentimes we take it to the top. Oh, if I could just, if I could be touched, if I could be preached to, if I could be. And he said, I'm using people right in front of you and you're just not seeing it this morning. It's like the telephone game. You remember that game as a kid? I was terrible at that. Oh, my goodness. I'm hard of hearing. I don't listen half the time anyway. And like you start, I like peanut butter and jelly. And then you get over here and it's like, I have magazines about Corvettes. And like, I, I don't, I don't, and there's like two people. So I don't understand how it got that bad, but this is what the king was dealing with. This is what Naaman was dealing with. See, sometimes we run with the wrong people because we have our ideas about where our help comes from. You go to the wrong people. Now, is it wrong to go to the pastors and the leaders and the men? No, 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 I'm not saying any of that. But sometimes God's going to use someone else. I pray that more people come to Christ through your individual ministries at your workplace, at whatever you do outside these walls, than ever on a Sunday morning service. That's my prayer for you. It's not just a pastor. It's not about a person, a personality. It's about Jesus and Jesus alone and the people that he uses. But we go to the straight shot, most obvious voice or choice. You look through all the scripture. They're all the non-obvious choice. I can't find... Very few that would be considered the time, the obvious choice. Me standing up here before you this morning, if you knew half of my story, I absolutely would not be the first choice. I wouldn't be the obvious choice. There are better preachers, there are better speakers, there's better looking people, there's better communicators, there are better teachers. But you know what? God said you're going to get your butt up on that stage and you're going to preach the good news to the people because God chose me, not man. God chose you, not man, this morning. What you're walking in this morning, what God has appointed you to this morning, man cannot take away from you. Can I get an amen this morning? And there's nothing we need to do except bring ourselves. Naaman was literally bringing, I can't imagine bringing all this stuff. He said, Lord, if I, look at this. Oh, uh, look at this gold, look at this silver, this clothing. It's fantastic. Come on, let the healing, come on, let the healing come. He missed it. All God wants is you. We overcomplicate it, add tons of theology to it, confuse it so much that it shoots over people's heads. All God wants is you. He will take care of the rest. Pastor's not the Holy Spirit. Didn't know if you knew that, but now you do. But the Holy Spirit in you will bring things and reveal things and allow you to heal. We can't say things like, oh, I'm just going to muster it up. I'm going to go on kale, I'm going to eat kale for like three weeks, and from there I'm going to go for three months, and oh, I'm going to get buffed up, and I'm going to hit the gym, hit the protein powder, I'm going to do it all. The tension becomes us on what we're doing and what we're bringing, and all he's asking is to bring ourselves. I'm going to get off Facebook, mm, I'm going to get into the word more. Yeah, I've said that a few times. Facebook is addicting, it's terrible. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 7. 
The Bible says as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes off and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to, to me to be cured of leprosy? See how they're trying to pick a quarrel with me? The king went off. I want you to say went off this morning. It's kind of like when your kids, and they ask you question after question after question after question after question after why, 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 why. Then you get to the point where it just gets up there, and you're ready, and then you go off. You say, I am not Google. I am not a search engine. I don't have the answer. And then I go back to my quiet place. I said, Lord, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I need to baptize myself, and I need to be saved again because that was, that was the flesh. But just like the king, we have times and things just come up, and we, we just go off. And I, can I say that? Oftentimes, the way that we go off doesn't even come, come close to the comparison of the thing that we feel that we've been, we've been grieved by or we've been hurt by. I'm not justified. Way past. You ever get to that place where you feel like it's past your pay grade? Like, I have got cancer, and you need to pray for me. Oh, 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 hold on. I need some help. You know, we're going to bring, bring in all the people. When you feel like you're over your head, instead of going off, we know that the prophet, later on I'll talk about, responded in faith. He said, you, you bring that person here and I'll show them God. See, that's what we need to do. We need to bring people in and to keep the focus on him, not the spotlight on me, but the focus on him in every situation. See, the king forgot the very most important thing that he could have understood in that moment is that he was a son of God. He was a son of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. He couldn't physically heal Naaman, but he knew, he knew who could. But he was so blinded by pride and insecurities and rage and outrage and all these things that he couldn't see what was right in front of him. The king was triggered because this was something outside of his control. His past experiences poisoned his present perspective. You got to think, as the king of the opposing army, this, this group of people would attack and attack and attack and, and it just go on and on and on. And the blessing right before him was was blinded. He was blinded of it because everything seems like an attack. You get to that place where you're fighting for your family, fighting for your kids to be in church, fighting for your marriage, fighting for your resources, fighting for everything. Everything that comes your way, you've conditioned yourself to think that everything is an attack. Somebody wants to bring correction. Somebody wants to bring a word. Oh, what are you saying that for? My jeans ain't tight enough? I don't like what you have to say. But we've conditioned ourselves that everything is offensive. Everything, we have to pick up offense. It doesn't fall on you. You've got to pick it up this morning. But we can't take our past experiences and poison the present perspective that we have that God wants to use with us this morning. King was attacked over and over again. And I think, I think the king went off a little crazy. He was a little crazy. I think it was a little too much, honestly. But he did it out of offense and he did it out of fear. The king responded because of his past experiences. And he brought that into his current situation. See, we talk about America being a generation, a country, and it's not just millennials. All you, everybody else is not off the hook. But can I say, can I go take it one step further? It's not just anxiety. We're a country of outrage. If we don't agree with something, we go crazy. I don't like your hair. What? You got those like keyboard ninjas. Facebook ninjas. Saying all kinds of things, right? But we, we live in a culture of offense. 
We don't like it. We don't agree with it. It's not just anxiety. Because of our experiences, they're clouding our judgment. Instead of taking a moment and saying, God, I want to slap this fool, but I'm going to take a moment. What am I not seeing here? <laughs> what you might not be seeing is the hurt, the pain, the, the unforgiveness. Maybe they were abused. Maybe something triggered them because of an experience and you just brought it back up. See, if we take a moment and we listen, not just hear. I hear really, well, not really that great, but I, I hear okay. My listening sometimes is just absolutely awful. But we've got to listen. And we treat God's, and if we don't, when we get to this place, when we bring our, our past experiences, our bad ones into the current, we treat God's healing in our life as an attack and bring the past hurt. And next and finally is the expectation. I want everybody to say expectation this morning. Healing or not, do you believe God can heal you or do you not? We can complicate that all kinds of ways, but it really comes down to some simple choice. Do you believe or do you not? In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 8 through 11, it says, When Elisha, the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn off his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn off your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger, that's crazy, we'll get to that in a minute, to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. See, we see two different characters here, two different responses, two different triggers. The king's response was outrage and fear, overwhelming. I can't do this. But the prophet was says, you bring him here. I'm a child of God. And by the power and the anointing of God, you will be healed if you listen to exactly what I have to say this morning. Their expectations were different, radically different. Naaman expected it a certain way. I remember this one time that I had this message from God. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. I got to share it with one of my pastor friends, thinking my unspoken expectation was, oh, I, I know what they're, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to be super humble, like God gave you this message. But in my heart, come on, we get real. I'm thinking, I'm waiting for them to say, dude, that's legit. That message was a powerful word from God. That's the best message I had ever heard. And then, <laughs> when people don't meet your expectations, what do you do? Instead of getting the, bro, oh, that was good. Like, message, you need to preach that around the world. That's so good. But what I got instead was, heh. Heh. What do you mean, heh? Like, <laughs> like, are we going up or are we going, like, where are we going with this? But I had an unspoken expectation. And I was doomed from the start. We have these expectations that God is going to move in a certain way in our life. And when he doesn't, we get frustrated. He said, I was never going to do it that way. You were never going to walk in that job. You were never going to walk in that ministry. You were never going to walk in that church that way. It was going to be a certain way in his way, in his way alone. Not ours. But what do you do when people don't meet your expectations? Do you stay or you run? Oh, they didn't wave at me. Apparently, this is the thing. If you're on the highway and you know someone and they wave at you, you don't wave back. That's like a sin, apparently. I remember doing it on the highway. I'm like, uh, I'm driving. I'm a crazy driver, so I, I, had paid, I have to actually pay attention to the road. But they were offended. Oh, they didn't give me the little Baptist nod at church. Is that raw? They didn't check on me. Ooh, 
oh, they don't know I'm gone. I'm going to a different church. Ooh. They didn't invite me. You didn't invite me and there was bacon? What's wrong with you? Pray for you. But when we get to this place, we can no longer hear reason. I couldn't hear any correction. I couldn't hear any advice for my sermon because I was closed off. Because they, met, they did not meet my expectations. But when we get to this place where we can't hear reason, you can't hear the voice of God, and you won't be able to hear encouragement or direction. The prophet saw opportunity, not opposition. Why? Why, 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 why? Because Elijah experienced something very different. He healed the waters of Jericho. He multiplied the widow's oil. He saw things of God that only God can do. And Elijah didn't show up in person, which is crazy to this commander. I shared this first service with my mom. I'm picking up my mom. I love you. You're hearing this, mom. She was the command sergeant major, equivalent to a two-star general, worked for the governor of California, very high ranking. And the hardest thing for her to do when she retired was when she walked into a room, the expectation wasn't for people to stand. Conditioned over and over and over again with these expectations that we expect people to meet. No formal greeting. Naaman said, disrespect me like that. I am out. Go wash in that dirty river. Man, there's so much water around here. You pick the dirtiest, the nasty, the slug infested, the sewage one. Are you for real? No way. It's below me. But we miss opportunities to be healed when we try to rationalize the supernatural to fit our narrative. What do you mean forgive them? No way. Uh-uh-uh. And I can imagine what their crew, his crew thought. And they're back there, and he, you know, Naaman's all filled with pride, and the people are looking at him like, so wait a minute. We keep our gold. We keep our silver. We get to keep what's ours, and all he has to do is jump in the river. That's it? See, when you have the outsider's perspective, it's, it seems crazy. But when you're in that, in that moment of like, oh, you just can't rationalize. You can't see anything. Sometimes you need to take that outward perspective. You say, wow, I still get to keep all I have to do. Not I have to do, but that's all I've got to do is come to you. Pride is what Naaman was filled with when he wrote, wrote off the prophet of God. In his eyes, it had to be done a certain way. You've been there. If I get healed, it's got to be a puff of smoke. It's got to be a certain way. It's got to be a hand waving. When we fill our hearts with pride, we begin to write our own prescription for healing. The most dangerous words I think you could ever say, and that I think that is in Scripture, are these two words. I thought. Naaman said these words. I thought. He would call upon the man of God, and he would just kind of wave his hand, and I'd be healed. But Isaiah 55.8 paints a very different picture. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And script, go all the way down. And Naaman finally, finally listens. And he is healed. Took all that time, all that energy, all that anguish, all that worry, all that fear, all that anger, all that outrage, when all he had to do was listen. Friends, it's time to get off the merry-go-round. <laughs> You've been on it enough. It's time to get off the ride and get on the right path this morning. But as I close, I, I don't want you to let exposure of your disease, your crutch, your blood, or whatever you want to call it this morning, your bad experience, your expectation become between you 
in the healing that God wants to give you this morning. Just like Naaman who brought everything, we just need to come to him with all we have. I know there are some of you this morning that came here and you want to be healed this morning. Healed of something. Even if you covered it up this morning, even if you're thinking, oh man, the world doesn't know how dark these thoughts get or how lost I am. Can I just ask in this moment that I wouldn't preach to your armor, <laughs> I wouldn't preach to your walls, but I'm going to preach straight-faced to your butt in life, that thing in life that you need to be healed from. So you did something powerful. I want to encourage you this morning before I pray for you. You did something powerful this morning. You got off your butt, and you came to church with your butt. But I feel like God wants to heal those things, those hidden things in our life. It's not humiliation. It's being humble. You're saying, God, I ain't perfect. Trust me, I am standing here with you this morning. I am far from perfect. But I serve a God, and I love a God, who sees me as his child and a co-heir to Christ. And he wants nothing but the best for me. So if I could have you bow your heads and close your eyes as I close the service this morning. I really feel like God really wanted to just heal some people today. And it's not going to be awkward. The lights are down, all heads bowed and every eye closed. But can I do something? Can I ask you to do something a little bit more courageous this morning? If there's something in your life, you don't have to expose it. You don't have to yell it out. You don't have to do nothing weird like that. But if you would just stand to your feet and get off your butt this morning, and just say, Lord, I want to be healed of this. I want to be released of this. I want to be delivered of this. No more will that past experience dictate my current situation. So if that's you this morning, could you just stand? I'm standing up here with you this morning. Just stand in your seats, and I want to pray over you. Nothing weird. I just want to pray over you this morning.